0: About when Samuel was old, that he appointed his sons judges over Israel, at the name of his firstborn, Joel, and the name of the second, Abijah, they were judging in Beersheba. His sons, however, did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after a dishonest gain, and took bribes and perverted justice. And all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. And they said to him, Behold, you have grown old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king for us to judge us like the nations. The thing was displeasing in the sight of Samuel when they said, have yep, it's a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord.
1: Okay, so Samuel had his sons appointed as judges. What about his sons, though? They weren't very good. They weren't very good corrupt politicians they uh, gave in to the lure of easy money took bribes <laughs> perverted justice uh, they took advantage of their position as judges to uh, be beyond the take to get to, to make money one thing that shows you is that you can't transmit spirituality by heredity you know Just because Samuel was a very righteous, faithful man did not automatically make his sons that way. They were not. They were not like Samuel was. Well, the people of Israel, the elders, the leaders, come to Samuel, and they talk about Samuel's sons. What what do they say? Your sons aren't like you, so give us a king. Well, now, they're right. Samuel's sons aren't like he was. They're not good like he was. Why does that lead them to ask for a king? Looks to me like they're kind of using this. It's true. But because Samuel's sons are bad, they want a king. You know, sometimes we'll do that. Sometimes we'll kind of trump up a reason that really is not a good you know, reason to ask for that. But the elders who decided that it's in their best and best interest to have a king. Do you see what the real reason is that they want a king? Like the
2: nations.
1: They want a king like the nations, a king they can see, that will lead them in battle and give them the victory. What do you think about the Israelites wanting to have a king like the nations? Yeah, what? Is it good that they want to be like the nations?
3: Absolutely not. I mean, Israel already has the king. The king. Uh, Exactly. And they just, I guess they, because he's unseen, because, you know, you can't see him on his throne, that it's not good enough for them. It
1: is Israel's privilege to be different from the nations. That was the blessing God gave them. They want to lightly Throw that away. They, they don't they want to they want to be like the nations, Patrick. I
2: think it's interesting. Last time we see Israel being like the nations, they disrespected the Ark and they were slain for it.
1: Yes. So it it doesn't seem to work out well. You know that's such a lesson for us. We are so easily influenced by the attitudes mm-hmm. and the moral standards of the world around us. That was God's worry about the Israelites from the very beginning, and it proves true over and over again. So they want a king to judge them. How did Samuel feel about that? He was displeased. He did not like it. So what did Samuel immediately do? He prayed. What would we have immediately done? Complained. Yeah. (laughs) If be lashed out, it's such a credit to Samuel. He doesn't say anything, not until he has a word from the Lord. He's displeased, but he prays to God. If we would only pray every time we were displeased before we said or anything or acted, we would be so much better off. All right, comments or questions uh, through verse 6?
4: Yes, Luke? Do you think um, Samuel's sons were bad, or like, not very bad because Samuel didn't discipline them or because he was too old to?
1: Or because they wanted to be bad. That might, at this point, we're not told that there was some failure on Samuel's part. There may have been, but it's not always true that when children don't do well, their parents are to blame. Sometimes we almost act like that, but If it were true that every bad son was badly parented, who would that reflect on? God. God. He has a lot of sons who didn't exactly turn out
0: well.
1: Uh, And Ezekiel 18 gives a whole scenario. Good father, bad son, then good grandson. There's not an automatic guarantee that parenting well will guarantee a good son. In general, it helps. But it may not have been Samuel's fault. Yes, Brad.
3: Well Samuel's sons, were they bad before they became judges? I don't know.
1: It looks like they took advantage of their position as judges, but I don't know what they were like they-
4: Yeah, with Eli, you see he's you know getting bad out honest game, he gives a, a soft hearted you know, no, 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 you shouldn't do this. We're just not given the details of Samuel. Yeah, we
1: don't know enough to really form much of a judgment. <coughs> yes? The second kind of
0: draws a parallel to the church today um, just because we have a set plan for the church, how our worship is to be.
3: Um, and they had a set plan then. Um,
0: what I'm thinking is that a lot of times, our, we try to, as a church, try to be like, Other churches out there in the world, um, how they wanted a king, they wanted to be like other nations. A lot of times, our worship is compromised in such a way that we try to be like other churches. And that's something that we need to avoid at all costs. Excellent point. Roger. I think it's interesting
3: um, that actually God was planning to give Israel a king. Um, I mean, that was in God's work. Actually, it was in working. In the book of Ruth, already God was planning on giving Israel uh, a king, but the king he wanted to give them was David. <clears throat> they hurried. They were not patient. They didn't wait on God. And they go, God, give us a king. God gets upset. and gives them Saul, a terrible king, not one that they really wanted. Uh, I don't know what shows us. A lot of times, like, God has something for us, and we get impatient, and we start asking God out of wrong motives to give us something. And God sometimes gives us something that we think we want, but sometimes he has something better for us. We're
1: anticipating the story, but God gave them exactly the kind of king they asked for, a king like the nations. They weren't wanting a king like David. They wanted a king like the nations. And so God gives them the very best man available to fulfill what they were asking for. And you're right. Sometimes God curses us by giving us what we ask for.
4: It's Uh, I just want to draw the point that's already made. Uh, when we think about we want to be like the nations, we often do maybe make that application. Our, our media choices, the clothes we wear, we want so badly to be like people in the world. We, we, we shouldn't do that. And that's that's a really good application. But maybe a more subtle danger is the one where we feel the religious community and that pressure, and we want to be like the denominations, and they do these things, and that seems spiritual instead of just trusting in the word. And I think that's just as much a danger, it maybe
2: just a more subtle one. Amen. Is where is the king's law listed?
1: The king's law. Yeah, like
2: where they were supposed to make a handwritten copy of. Deuteronomy seventeen. Deuteronomy seventeen. I believe that's right. Am
1: I right about that? Yes. Yeah.
2: yeah. And that that was a long time before they they were ever given a king. Absolutely. So yes. I mean, it was definitely in God's plan. This this was going to happen eventually. Yes. Yeah.
3: And going off of that, we see that probably. I don't think any of the kings, save maybe David, actually did that commandment either.
1: Yeah, we don't always. In some cases, we probably just don't. Know, but
0: uh, Alex, so if God was planning on giving them a king, um, why would this upset Samuel so much?
1: Well, they—we uh, don't know for sure. Maybe because he and his sons are being rejected. If a better motive would be, they're not wanting the king for the right reasons. They're wanting it to be like the nations. So under the best uh, hypothesis, he was upset about that for the same reason we would be upset about that. So uh, but I don't know. Yes, uh, a minute.
0: reference:
1: Well, we were talking about Deuteron- Deuteronomy 17, okay. uh, starting about verse 14. There are perhaps be some other indications of that even earlier, but that's a good passage. God was to be their king always. He was going to anoint a man to be kind of his king regent here on the earth. Uh, even when he gives Saul as king, he's going to say, this doesn't change anything, I'm still your real king. Uh, but, but God was intending to, to raise up David to make him king and through his lineage to bring Jesus. So the idea of a king in itself, okay, a king like the nations, no.
4: Yes? Well, and even in Deuteronomy 17, oh, that's good. Right. Um, it's kind of like he kind of states it's going to be their idea first. You know, and they're going to say, we want a king. And I, I think that's still kind of, it's frowned upon for it being, them being the source of the kingship, not God. Okay. JD? Well, Deuteronomy 17,
3: um, in verse 14, um, it says that, I was set a king over me like all the nations that are around me. Um, so it kind of seems like they set the king for the nation of Israel like all these other nations that are around Israel. Um, so I just thought that was interesting
2: if that was the problem to begin with.
1: Yes. Okay. Good Good thoughts. Good comments.
4: Tim? I mean, in Genesis there's so much talk about promises of kings coming from uh, promises of kings coming from I think Abraham, Isaac Jacob were all promises about promise and Genesis for the men. So, I mean like I think God had this idea and but also anticipating that they were going to do the stupid thing but that's just what they're going to do and he's going to work around it. Um, so it's still stupid that he did it, but God still works it out. I mean, it's just details along the process that God to
1: done. Yeah, good, good points. Yes, you do have, you have several passages in the law. Genesis 49.10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah nor the ruler's staff from between his feet You've got uh, Balaam's oracle in Numbers twenty four seventeen, a scepter shall rise from Israel, and then you do have that promise to Abraham. I'm thinking it's like uh, Genesis seventeen, but I may be wrong. That kings would come from him. So you have several indications that God did intend there would be a king, but not a king like the nations. Yes. Yes. So is this sort
2: of similar to um, the divorce certificates and stuff in the old law? God didn't necessarily intend
0: for it to happen, or well, He didn't want it to happen, but He set up provisions anyway.
1: I think God wanted there to be a king ultimately, but not like this. That would be my conviction. I don't think a king was bad. God intended to raise up David as king, leading to Jesus. But the Saul idea, the king like the nations, I think was more their idea. Too.
4: Well, i understand you say, like, Genesis twenty nine? The king doesn't come from Judah. The first king appointed was from Benjamin. Good point. Was set up for failure, kind of. I mean, I think, God's, I think God's smart enough that he anticipated this kind of problem about Deuteronomy. He just he uses it as a big teaching tool. It says, here's your king. And so the first thing to learn is what a bad king is. Because they had bad intentions for the king, so he teaches them that lesson. And then the second lesson teaches them how David was the true king. He was from Judah. Um, was, that's exactly what God wanted. He set that up. Um, so he just taught those two big lessons. And then things really go from that point. I don't know, it just, it just looks so so much province. God really. Wonderful. Good, J.D. Uh, it seems like here in chapter 8 that actually was very much Jeremiah 17. They come because they want to be like the nations. But we do learn in 1 Samuel 12 that one of the reasons they want a king right now is because of the pressure from the Amalekites. And so there's a faithlessness that chapter 8 isn't touching on uh, yet,
2: but it is about to be highlighted. <coughs> later. Ammonites, yes. Thank you.
1: Okay, good discussion, more things to think about, uh, so that's uh, helpful. It's always helpful to have the discussions for that. Uh, so, 7 to 9.
3: And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people and all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me for being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done, the day I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day forsaking me and serving other gods which they are also doing to you. Now then, obey their voice. Only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall
1: So, what does God tell Samuel to do? Give them what they want. Give them what they want. Give them a king. They are not rejecting you, Samuel. They're rejecting me. So often, when people turn against the Lord's word that we are speaking, we think of it as being a personal rejection. You know, when a sheep acts badly, a preacher or an elder or whatever is tempted to think about how annoying that is to them. Instead of thinking about how this affects the Lord. The, the point is, when somebody does badly, it dishonors God. Their request for a king is not a personal rejection of Samuel. It's ultimately a rejection of the Lord himself. And that's what we ought to really focus on. Um, so, he says, do it. We're going to give them a king. Now, you do need to tell them what the king will be like. You know, make sure you uh, you know, are, are open about that so that they're not blindsided. But sometimes the best punishment God can give someone is give them what they ask for. And that's that's what he's going to, to ultimately do. Uh, so, God's telling Samuel, we're going to give him the king. Comments? Yes? I was just going to say, just, it seems
2: really similar to Romans 1, 24, and 25 in that God realizes that they're just going to be one, <laughs> so they can have what they
1: want Yes, good point. All right, uh, 10 to 18. What's this king going to be like? See if you can uh, pick out the, um, uh, the I guess, the uh, uh, constantly repeated verb here. 10 to 18.
2: So Samuel spoke all the words of the Lord, to the people who had asked him for a king. He said, this will be the procedure of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and place them for himself in his chariots and among his horsemen, and they will run before his chariots. He will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and of fifties, and some to do his plowing and to reap his harvest, and to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will also take your daughters for perfumers and cooks and makers. He will take the best of your fields and your vineyards and your olive groves and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your seed of of the vineyards uh, and give to his officers and to his servants. He will also take your male servants and your female servants and the best young men and your donkeys and use them for his work. He will take a tenth of your flock and you yourselves will become (coughs) servants. And you will cry out that day because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day.
1: So, what's the uh, operative verb here for the procedure of the king?
2: Take.
1: take. He's going to take, 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 take. Wow. Who would want a king? You know, this is uh, taking manpower. There's going to be a draft. He's going to take money. Taxation he's going to confiscate their land. Nothing's going to be beyond, beyond his grasp. That's what the king will be like. God gives them fair warning. You want a king, you ought to know what this king will be like. He's going to take. And when he does all that taking, what are they going to do? Cry out. They're going to cry out. That remind you of anything from their history?
0: Good.
1: Even before. Exodus 2. Crying out in Egyptian oppression. In a sense, they're requesting a king undoes the exodus. They're back to crying out to the Lord because of the oppression of the king. Bad idea. God tells them bad idea. But he's going to let them have one if they insist. We always ought to listen to the fair warnings God gives us. (coughs) Comments and questions?
3: I see an interesting... uh juxtaposition between the warning of what these kings are going to do not just for Saul but also for kings down the road of Israel and Judah for the most part and we see a huge contrast between take 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 and take and David when he wanted something like when he bought Mount Moriah where the temple would be built in the future he didn't take it even though it was offered
1: or even Samuel we'll see in chapter 12 Samuel's is going to ask did I take anything they're going to say no Samuel didn't take The king will. Okay. Uh, Well, uh, what are they going to say about this? 19 to 22.
2: Nevertheless, the people refused to listen to the voice of Samuel, and they said, No, but there should be a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Now, after Samuel had heard all the words of the people, he repeated them to the Lord's hearing, the Lord said to Samuel, listen to their voice and appoint them a king. So Samuel said to the men of Israel, go every man to his city. So what's the
1: people's answer to Samuel's informing them as to how a king would be? We don't care. We want a king, no, but we we want a king. And why do they say they want a king? Be
2: like, the be like all the
1: nations and Fight Fight our battles. We want a king to give us victory. We want a a king to fight our battles. Have they ever before had a king to fight their battles? Yeah. Yeah, Who? God. God. That was their king to fight their battles. They are trying to dethrone God and put another king in to fight their battles. I mean, how many times has God said throughout Joshua, for example, (laughs) that he was the one who was fighting for them and that he was their king? And uh, so... They are determined, we want a king. So the Lord says to Samuel, what? Listen to their voice, give them a king. Samuel does not recognize the divorce, but he has to perform the remarriage. You know, he's got, it's it's his responsibility to give them a, a king. And so now the question is going to become, who will the new king be? And that's what our attention will turn to in the next chapter. Comments or questions here on chapter 8? Larry.
4: Well, I think sometimes we, you know, in the dating years, we decide somebody we want for a, a spouse and not always considering God's will, not, and just because we want them because they're attractive for all the wrong reasons, and nobody can stop us from that because we've made up our mind, this is what we want. And I can't, you know, how many marriages and lives have been destroyed because people married non Christians or people didn't. Or anything about the lord and they're destroyed and cry out in the end and we just ruin our life because we have been so determined to do things our way and and something else along these lines too you know so many times congregations want a preacher to go out and fight their battles they want to they want somebody to go do their war for them instead of being people that will serve the lord and fill in the gaps and and, and do His will we're looking for somebody to do, do
2: service for us it's, we're just...
1: two great points think about that first one. I mean, you know, what about it, guys? Many of you are not married. Probably a lot of you will be in the next 10 or 15 years. I mean, what about it when you are the only person you know that sees anything worthwhile in that girl or in that guy? All, except for your best buds who just want to tell you what you want to hear, everybody tells you this is a bad idea. It's not gonna work well. There's some real negatives in this relationship. And what well, we're well, no, you just don't understand. You know, I think that's kind of the way Israel wasn't there. And so often it's just not very smart not to list the counsel. You know, and especially when it's pretty much unanimous counsel for people who ought to know. So I, I you know appreciate that application, and certainly the other one is good as well. Other thoughts and comments on this?
4: Yeah, he wouldn't lead them in some of their battles but a lot of times he wouldn't be leading and other times he would be hiding in the tent. <laughs> yes. It's like, it didn't really turn out like they wanted it.
1: Well, you know, again think about what we were saying earlier about asking for something that's not God's will. Is it going to work out well? I mean, if God says, look, you don't really want this. You know what? We don't really I mean, that's a matter of trust and faith in God. When God says the king will be like this, it's because the king will be like that. They really show they don't have much faith in God, not only as a king to lead their battles, but even to believe what he says about what the king they choose will be. (laughs) Other thoughts?
3: It just makes me so grateful that we serve a God who knows more than we do and is willing to withhold what we ask.
1: That is what we want. And that's one of the reasons we pray earnestly, God, only if you will. Yes, uh, Your will be done. Ralph? I think.
0: Well, uh, I think this has a lot of things to do with, you know, trusting uh, God. Cause sometimes it's about his attitude because it's really, right now they're seeing that, you know, a lot of nations around us, around them, is, have uh, their kings and, you know, we're well, seeing all these people <coughs> and there's, and there's these kings as well. I mean, I can take this as my possible life. You know, sometimes I think that, you know, I got who God is, you know, because I'm thinking, of, thinking about my future, thinking about my what I'm gonna be, you know. That uh, I got that the, the God who created the universe and who provided everything that I needed, and without no me knowing or well, not knowing it, He provided everything that I needed. And I, sometimes I forget it, and I was like, I'm gonna take charge of my life. I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna go get this degree. I'm gonna go get the, you know. I'm gonna go do this, and it's it's like. I think this happened uh, this chapter telling me that, you know, I had to trust, I had to rely on him again. You know, whatever the sin is like he been providing really, you know, he gave food from the heaven. I mean, that's that's all these things were like I have to remember, okay, this is the God that I'm that I'm worshiping.
1: A spirit, yeah. A spirit of independence from this God is not wise. You just think about it this way. You know, what about when you take a little kid? And they got some idea that as older people, we know that's not going to work well. It looks to the kid like, yeah, I need to do it this way. But we know, you do it this way, you're going to electrocute yourself or whatever. It doesn't work. To the kid it does, but to us it doesn't. We understand. We are just in a different position to understand things. We've been around a lot longer. We've seen a lot more. And so the kid needs to listen to us. We are kids to God, except much lesser, and He much greater. When He says it won't do well, well, of course He's wiser than we are about it. He lived way longer than we have. He knows it all. It, who do we think we are when we think we can outsmart Him? When we think that, that our ideas are better than His are? too? I think like not
4: that we doubt that the negative thing will. Um, but I think we convince ourselves that the pleasure will out to be be worth it. So it may be be a bad thing, but it's going to be pleasurable enough to be worth
1: it. The pleasures of things without God are really uh, not very much pleasures.
3: Why do you think it's at this time that they want a king? Like, they've been ruled by judges for 350 or 400 years, and they've had some not-so-great judges all over them. So, I mean, I don't think it's a big difference for Samuel's sons to kind of take advantage of them.
1: Yeah, good point. I don't have an answer. Good, good question.
3: Josh? we were talking a lot about having the kind of heart that would really desire God's will over our own and letting him lead because he knows better. And it seems to be the exact trend that, they, that they've they shown all along that they're really blatantly bucking here when they say that we want a king to judge us. Uh, it seems like that they're taking a shot at God's judgment and they want somebody...
1: That they can see making choices for them. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we definitely, wow, not listening to God is <coughs> just the dumbest thing we can do.
2: Yes. It, it wasn't just the king. I mean, they, they picked somebody who was, you know, head and shoulders. He was the most handsome. There wasn't, they they not only picked the authority, they wanted to pick that. Like, yeah, sure. I want somebody who even looks like a king. We just, we just don't want any guy to be like king. And so they were, I mean, they were really.
1: God picked based upon their criteria. Yes, exactly. That's what they wanted. They they were not thinking about spiritual qualities. That was not their point. Other thoughts come. All right, we are going to ultimately break here uh, to eat, but I have a bunch of things to tell you. So I'm going to stop and tell you those things, and uh, then we will uh, have a prayer.